Yo, what's up? This is DJ Yellow from the world's most dangerous group. What's up? This is DOC, the Diggy Diggy motherfucking doc. Yo, 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 what's up? This is your boy, Z-Man. What up, yo? This is E-Shot. This is Jerry Heller, motherfucker. This your boy, DJ Paul K-O-L from 360 Young Busy Bone. Vice World. This your man, Mastermind, the hell raise up. Yo, this is DJ Ready Red. What up, what up, what up? This is the real Rick Ross, and you listen to me on the Murder Master Music Show. many times we haven't talked to him since probably before the pandemic you know he's got a new project getting ready to drop on halloween the resurrection of gangster rap i'm talking about the one and only cole 187 big hutch how you doing big hutch i'm good brother how you doing my man what's going down man i'm, I'm just glad we're both still here <laughs> you know what i'm saying i'm <laughs> glad we're... on that one, man oh man crazy you know, you know crazy the grinder you know the grind is real and the drama the drama is steady, you know what I mean? <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Every day is something new. Um, how have you been holding up uh during this whole pandemic? You know, I've been good, man. You know, I can, I can say, you know, my family is, is solid and everything. And you know, I think the best thing for me was that I was able to like get back into a real true creative mode. Um, without a whole bunch of other stuff coming at me because, you know, when everything shut down, you know, it was kind of like you and, you know, you and you, you know what I mean? <laughs> so being a creative yeah. person, it was good for me because I was able to, like, just really just navigate and, and, and really lay back and see exactly what I wanted to do creatively. So it was good for that for that part, you know what I'm saying? Blessed, the family is good, everybody good, the kids are good, you know, um, mom, you know, uh, everybody good, man, you know. All in my siblings, everybody good, you know? Oh, man, that's wonderful to hear. Yeah, the creative process has really uh, come out of a lot of people. We're seeing amazing things, man. Your your boy Cocaine just did a song with Kuroski, yeah. the Fat Boys. Um, yeah. The dope one with you, uh, Harden the Paint, yeah. is going to play. Um, so people are working, you know? Um, yeah, we did. That's, that's a positive finished, thing. Because me and him finished the album. During the pandemic, you know, we finished the LGF album, which is coming out next year. Uh, we finished oh, wow. his record, Five on the Black Hand Side. Um, and, you know, I, I, I did the finishing touches on the, uh, Above Law Presents the Resurrection and Gangster Rap as well. So, you know, and they did the Sugar Cane record, too, all over during, during the pandemic. So we grinding, man. <laughs> yeah. You know. that's, that's great to mm-hmm. see. That's real good to see. I, mean, whole I also click, see I mean, that you're, you're acting. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. My I'm TV sorry. Show, go ahead. My TV show will be my TV show will be out next year too. Um, we kind that kind of hit us hard during the pandemic because we weren't able to actually shoot. You know, a lot of studios yeah. were down that I used to shoot in. But yeah, you know, the Black Godfather's coming out next year as well. The first season of the Black Godfather be out too. So yeah, man. I mean, you know, I, I wrote it, um, I produced it, I co-directed along with my man Zilla. 
you know, um, and DIA Films, and then I launched a new film company called King Lion Studios. So, yeah, man, yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm getting into that heavy, heavier and heavier. But, you know, only the stuff, you know, the good thing about the acting part is that I get to play the role that I want to play, right? <laughs> yeah. So You get to be you know, your own boss and do your own thing. There you go. And, and being the executive on it was even sweeter because I don't, you know, not saying that I, I wouldn't have to answer to anybody on a, colla- on a collaborative tip, but I kind of get to do it how I want since I wrote it. You know, I kind of get to produce it, you know, the way I want to produce it as well and when I want to. So. Yeah. That's, that's a beautiful job, thing. Okay. I, acting, I didn't know I had, hey, fam, I didn't know I had them until I actually used them. <laughs> really? Well, I, yeah. I think it would be a natural, Hutch, because, I mean, you're used to performing. Not only that, I mean, uh, you had some classic videos over the years. I know that they're, they're different than actual scenes and, and lines and things like that, but still. Um, you're super talented. So it came natural for you? Yeah, it came natural. It came natural because I was used to it. Hey, how's you there? I think we lost you, brother. Can you? Yeah, I hear you, I hear you now. Okay, yeah, yeah you, you know, with, with, you know, with a music video, the thing is that everything is like one thing. You know what I mean? Like, like you just bust your rhymes in that one scene. In acting, it's one. It's that same scene in four, five different angles. You know what I mean? Yeah. You so gotta, I had to uh, get used to. I got to get used to doing the same line over from all these different angles. You know what I mean? <laughs> but yeah, it came natural to me though. Once I got used to how the whole little thing works as we shooting, it became natural, man. It was actually cool. You know. And yeah. I'm playing a role well, that I wrote. I'm playing, I'm playing a role that I wrote, like as if I wrote it as a rapper, like if I wrote a rap song. So that made it more natural as well. Tell us about. I mean, what could we expect? I mean, uh, it's a, well, it's well, a drama. And... Is, okay, yeah, the the Black Godfather is actually a story. You know, I wrote. It's about it's about this cat who he inherits his um, father's empire. You know, okay. basically his drug. But what it is is he's a le- legitimate businessman. But he also has ties to the black mafia, so it's in 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 all of his siblings run the family business now, so it's like we inherited his family business, but we also inherited all of his ties to the black mafia too, so that's when the gangster shit come into play on it <laughs> that sounds so, and, dope, and, and he, he got to juggle two he, lives right, so he plays exactly there you go so. My character actually plays like a double life role. He plays like a real killer, killer, killer motherfucker, like as a, as a black mafia person in it by night, and then by day he's like a corporate businessman. So his role is really wow. ill. You know? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And he and he likes to put in work himself because it's like an egotistical. It's like he has to prove himself because he has a cousin which is like admit, which is like his partner, which was raised with him. And um, he's more of a gangster, gangster kind of, so he's always trying to prove himself that he's not the, the schoolboy tapered up kind of dude that his dad groomed him to be. He's just like his father, but unlike his cousin, his cousin was sent, was in the paint while, while my character Cornelius was sent to like business school and this, and he was groomed to be this businessman, but inside of him, he's just like his father, you know. Yeah. Cutthroat, killer, sir, all of that. But he just, he just, he just. That's why he's able to play to both roles, you know. And this is something that, uh, you know, I could have seen you guys doing this years ago too. You know, oh, back yeah, in the absolutely. day, uh, I mean, it, I could have seen it, KMG it with you doing fits, it. Yeah, it, it probably it prototypically fits like everything for us in a the law persona. So. It was awesome for me to be able to write, you know, write something from the perspective of like our imagery and everything, you know, that that high end black mafia, black gangster, black, you know, that kind of thing. That you know what I mean. So that, yeah. that I think that I think that's what you're going to actually feel as as our fans, you know, and then people who never got an opportunity to to, to actually be on that journey with us, they're going to see how my mind thinks for us in in a film. So. That's dope, man. That's dope. What gave you the idea to want to do do this? 
Well, cool thing about it was, you know, we, you know, us as the Brother Law collectively, we were always co-directors of all of our and writers of all of our videos. So we've always yeah. been like kind of film savvy, you know, from the beginning because Easy would always be like, man, if you want your stuff to come out, you want to, you got to sit with those directors, you got to sit with the producers, you got to be at the casting calls, you got to be at everything, got to be at every meeting. So we had to be at every meeting. You know, if if we didn't collectively be there as a group, I had to take the meeting. So I took a big liking to a lot of the directors. And, you know, even back in the days when we got, like, murder rap and, and people like Carl Craig and uh, from Robert Townsend's company, you know, I, he, they really laced me up and, and taught me a bunch of stuff. You know, uh, Marty Thomas, University of Peace, you know, who did Black Superman and BSOP. He took me under his wing with every video that he done, and he taught me everything about, like, how to feel. My man G-Bone, rest in peace, who worked with us a lot on, on a lot of our videos as well, man. You know, they kind of took us under our wing and taught us film, you know, when we were doing it, and, you know, because we were one of the groups that were self-contained at Ruthless, so Easy always wanted us to be totally involved in everything, man. So that's kind of like why I got But, you know, I, I kind of took a liking to it because, you know, it just always intrigued me, and I always, as a producer, always that, that I learned that directing a film is the same as producing an album. So since I produced wow. the music, it was good for me to get behind it, to get behind the camera and see actually how it works, how my music could come to life that I produced as well. I, and, and, you know, not to uh, go off into a different thing, but that worked real good for DJ Yellow too because as a producer, he knew how to blend right. things, and the guy made 300 films, you know. So exactly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, of course, those yeah. are different kind of films, people. Yellow don't do that no more. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know? exactly. And, and, um, and see, you know, and see, you know, it makes you like. I think a producer is always a visionary in sound, so it makes it yeah. easy when you start translating it over into film because you're a visionary. You have to learn the technique of film. That's all. So yeah. Oh yeah, absolutely. Well, that's a, that's a good thing. Now, um, the resurrection of gangster rap that. Uh, that's definitely yeah. intriguing to me, man. Tell me about this album. Well, you know, the album the album is a bone-to-bone hardcore album. You know, it's, it's 10 tracks produced by me, me only. It's like an Above the Law record because, you know, for what a lot of people don't know, all of the original Above the Law stuff that you love, I produced everything on it, you know. Um, yeah. So it's going to feel exactly like that because it's totally me producing. The only thing that we're missing is, you know, it's KMG, um, rest in peace, my brother, you know what I mean? Um, um, I, um, the only feature on it would be cocaine. Me and cocaine did a couple of records together on there. So it feels really like a G funk record, you know, or a classic throwback record, but with a new twist to it. And I don't mean like a new twist for as like, you know, what cats are doing with, 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 um, trap music or nothing. I mean a new twist to where like, if you, took what we did back in the days and then it happened right now, that's what it's going to feel like. Now, lyrically, it's hard nose, homie. Like, I'm telling you straight up, I tell everybody, it, it, it's, it's going to offend somebody. It's very controversial. The stuff I'm talking about, be it the, the way I feel about people personally, the way I feel about the landscape, the way the world is going, and, and all these fake agendas and all this old sucker shit going on, uh, um, just in the world in general. I'm not talking about in hip-hop. Because I don't have a problem with what's going on in hip-hop. That's hip-hop's fault, not mine. You know what I'm saying? But what I have a problem with is how society is pressing youngsters with all of this other shit, you know, from a homosexual agenda to a political agenda to um, not giving a fuck about the youth and, and, and not giving a fuck about people abroad, you know, all on all, all those different levels, brother, you know. That's what the resurrection too much the resurrection against mind, I agree with you. It's too much on a kid's mind to, to digest it at such a young age. Yeah, and see, the resurrection of gangster rap was to put you, you know, I call gangster rap the voice of the people because it's the only yeah. form of music that, was, that ever was created that was bold enough to speak like the people. You know what I mean? People, people, people make a big deal, but a lot of this other rap is people being afraid to, like, rap about this. Even if you look at throwback music, you know, OG music uh, uh, in the early days, people were afraid to say what they were afraid to say until the NWA came, the above the laws came. They were afraid to say stuff, you know, politically. They were afraid to say stuff socially in, in the hoods and stuff like that. So I wanted to bring that back. I wanted to bring back the fact that, like, look, man, 
we got to be unpolygenic, and I'm going to say what the fuck I want to say about everything that exists, you know, from racism to, to, to politics to all these fake-ass agendas that they have, pressing the kids and not giving a fuck about them, and, and, and how people don't give a fuck about people, you know, and, and, and just regular everyday politics, you know. I think that's what is needed from me as a voice. You know what I mean, brother? I don't. I don't think that is. Yeah. I don't think that is needed for everyone to say. I think. I think it's needed for me because that's always been our voice as above the law. Yeah, absolutely. The freedom of speech. You know, um, right. from day one, you guys have been about that. Um, <clears throat> speaking of that, I want to go off subject just for a second. That song, freedom of speech. Um, uh-huh. It was one of my favorites in 1990, man. Uh, another one of my okay. favorites that year had the same sample, um, the Ghetto Boys' uh, "City Under Siege," and they were oh, similar. Yeah, you know, one City was talking about, yeah, yeah, that um, um, you know they were talking about Noriega and everything, and, and you were talking yeah. about freedom of speech. Um, but man, did you did you know that at the time that the Ghetto Boys had that same? Because it came, I don't know. No, I didn't. Came out I didn't because you know. You know, the game wasn't, you know, think about the game. The game wasn't like that. You didn't hear a lot. You know, you heard stuff when it came out, you know? <laughs> yeah. So true, it true. wasn't like now where you got a lot of like, you know, you could hear a lot of what everyone was doing. It's like, you know, you could be thinking the same thing and someone else, it's a 12 monkey theory. You know, you could be, you know, you could be thinking the same thing as the next brother be thinking, you know, next writer, composer be thinking. And because it's that you're on the same frequency, you know? So I think the the crazy thing about that is we were fighting to speak upon freedom of speech back then, and then we're still fighting to speak upon freedom of speech now. Isn't that crazy? Isn't that crazy? You're talking about over 30. You know, Living Like Hustlers came out in 1990. So think about that. 31 years ago, we were talking about the same thing we're talking about today, having the right to express ourselves freely. It's just like uh, uh, I was just talking to Yellow about uh, fuck the police. It's the same thing. Like right now, that song right. is, is just as relevant, if not more. You know, it's uh, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I, I would I yeah. would say it's just as relevant. I would say it's just as relevant because it hasn't changed. I think a lot of people, you know, a lot of people take for granted, man. A lot of people take for granted life itself. Life hasn't changed a lot. It's just the telephones and technology has changed. Life haven't. People yeah. still hurt. People still go to drama. People still got to make a living. People still people still struggle hard where they came from. People still trying to find a hustle to stay ahead. People still getting pressed by the system. People still getting treated unfair. All of that stuff, man. I don't think the world has changed, but I think technology has changed. I think how we communicate has changed. I think how we move around has changed, but the world hasn't changed. You know? No. That's it just uh, uh, appears to be from I mean, like everybody's got the camera, like same you said. Same thing we talk about Uncle Sam's church. Politics still on the tape. Um, yeah. still, still suppressing people by race. Still, you know, still having having police brutality for, in the forefront. No different than, than, than 1989. No, you know, uh, still 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 disrespecting and, 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 and not really looking out for the children. You know what I mean? Same old thing. People still got to struggle just to make ends meet. The same thing. What world has changed? Oh, do you have more access to things? Yes. Do you have Do you have more opportunities? Yes. But the world hasn't changed. No. You know? You're, you're right. Hundred percent. Put a lot in the technology, you know. man. We give a technology too too much power, man. To think that the world is so different now because you watch TV online. You know, like your, your phone is a television and your TV is a computer. That don't mean the world has changed. Yeah, everything around us is just moving so fast paced. Uh, like you said, right. technology is just taking over, you know. Right. Uh, the cell phone used to be a, a big, ginormous fucking thing. Now it's not, you know. Uh, you could have your right. whole entire music collection on, on a, a little tiny micro uh, SD card. You know, which is before it would take up half the room. Right. You know, it's yeah, it's a, it's a lot to digest. The the kids nowadays don't realize how easy they got it, man. You know, right. Um, right. They really. And don't, I think what's very, very unhealthy. I think what's very very unhealthy is this. 
I think when you don't use it like a tool, it makes you lazy. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like it's a tool. It still doesn't make you create the right content. It still doesn't make you stand up as a man and dig down or a woman and dig down to what's the true essence of how everything works. You know, because you have access to all these things doesn't make you a celebrity. It doesn't make you, you have to, to me, you have to still to this day, you have to do something special in a form of art that makes you some type of celebrity. You cannot be considered as a person just because you do some popular shit. Now you're some celebrity. It has to be something that, I, I, you know, and, and I stand on that because I get sick and tired of the, I get sick and tired of the artist taking the back seat to foolishness because that's yeah. something that God truly gave him a gift to be. So you should, you should never try to put yourself up on a pedestal when you're doing the art form. Now, Bone to bone, man to woman, when we out there moving around, we all in the sun, same under the sun and the eyes under the eyes of God. But when it comes to a guy that has busted his ass, learned his craft, and is gifted, he's gifted. You're not on the level of him. And it seems that technology has made it so bad that anyone can be a reporter, anyone can be a rapper, anyone can be a, a, um, a, um, um, a therapist, anyone can, and that's foolishness. Because what about that guy who went to journalism school? What about the guy? Who, what about the woman who went to went to went to um, got a degree to be a psychologist? What about her? You think you, you can make a thing she can get up on Tuesday and just become that? I don't think that's fair. No, it's not. I think not, it dumbs brother. down. I think it dumbs down the integrity. I think it dumbs down the the real essence of like people really busting their ass and making a life for themselves only because that's what people strive to be. When you can you can go to wake up tomorrow. And put a camera in your face and do it live, and now you are a life coach or something, and you've never studied to be that. That's some sucker shit, you know. It is. It's flogging. You know, it, people it, can consider know, themselves I, I, producers. Same. People consider themselves producers and don't have one musical bone in their body, and and that's something. When we have it, though, I had the gift because I was I had the gift from birth. So how do you think I feel yeah. about that? And what about well, the guys that I know that. that I went to music school with and, and I came up with that had that had had that gift. Yeah. Even before that, it's in your in your DNA, your father, right. your cousin. What about your them uncle. people? You know, what how do you think yeah. those people feel when you can just get up and say you can do it because you can take a preset program and now you can become some producer? That sucks, homie. I'm not I'm no Man. I'm no hater. I've made I've made my bones on me. I made my bones from busting my ass. I'm a very successful person. I'm just saying technology has made all and made all these people stop believing in who truly have art and who don't. It's it's people truly on this planet that have talent. That is making the world be a problem because the artist is the true voice. All this yeah, other stuff the people artist are doing they're doing for the technology. Huh? I said it's the art of deception that they master. They're not mastering art, only mastering the art of being a con. Right. Know? And I feel you, brother. I feel you because I come from that era, man. I, I come from the cloth of murder dog. You know what I'm saying? Right. In print, long before there was a podcast or any of that shit. Right. And you, you'll see these guys, and I'm not hating either, but you'll see these guys come out of nowhere, and all they'll do is share rapper Instagram videos that aren't even their content, Put it on a YouTube page, and next thing you know, they got 80,000, 100,000 subscribers. I mean, if it's feeding your family good, but at the same token, that's corny. You ain't getting yeah. the content. You're just taking Snoop Dogg's video, putting it on your shit, putting clickbait title on it, and boom, it takes off. Absolutely. You know? and, and see, and see that, that's the tool. That, that's you using the tool and hustling and, and being lazy instead of saying, like, no. I remember guys like yourself, when they came up, they truly wanted to be journalists. They truly wanted, but they wanted to be it for hip-hop so they can say, I, I want to be valid to speak upon hip-hop. I just don't want to be yeah. a dude that's hanging out with a tape recorder in my hand. I want to truly be looked at like a valid, like like a, like a like an artist who wanted to be looked at. Like, I want to be looked at as, as I really went through those trenches, picked, made my bones, built my career, and now I'm here. It, it was it was an honor to be it was an honor to do that. Now it's like oh yeah you know if you don't get it the fast way the ski mask way you don't oh man hey man you you working too hard I've heard it homie I've heard it. you working too hard I'm like what's that homie hard work hard work always made you be 
something a cut above everybody, you know. Yeah. Consistent. So I, you know that that's that's one of my biggest issues in in, in this era is that it's the era of famous nobodies. You know, people that don't actually have to do shit and be labeled as being famous for what I have no idea. They follow a chick around shopping all day and she's famous. Now, hey, if if, if that's what y'all want to follow, I'm not knocking the people who follow it, but I'm just saying. Don't try to put this. Don't try to put that person on the level of a person who can act, who's a brilliant actor or a brilliant yeah. journalist or a brilliant entertainer who can play instruments and rap and do all that stuff. Don't put those people on the same level. That's all I'm saying. Uh, you ain't lying at all, man. I agree with you. Uh, well, you got to remember yeah. that we come up in the era of distinction. You know, if you wanted this or that, you right. went and got this or that. Now it's all jumbled together, and you have to sift through everything to find the actual good stuff. Um, right. But, uh, yeah, I'm glad, I'm glad we, we talked about that, some real shit. Let's go to a break, uh, Hugs. <laughs> Let's give them this uh, I am Cole 187, um, and then we're going to come back and chop it up some more. Tell them about this one. All right, let's get it to single. Man, a single, you know, single is just raw. You know what I mean? I am it just means, you know, um, I'm going to do it my way. You know, I'm going to do it like I, I, I'm i not nothing else. I'm just a gangster. I came up hard. You know what I mean? And, and it's I am who I am. And it is. It's, it's the first single from the Resurrection of Gangster Rap. Hell yeah. We'll be right back. Don't go nowhere. Right there, that's off the resurrection of gangster rap that's coming out 
October 31st. Well, it'll be out by the time this is uh, on, so you should be able to go download it. Um, you, you're going to get the physical copies too, ain't you, Hus? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We, uh, I'm doing physical copies. You, you'll be able to get the physical copies. Um, I, I'll um, um, at um, actually you get them at ogfashion.com. Be able to order. I mean, you'll be also able to order them on massamusaroyalty.com on my um, my um, brand, my clothing brand um, site. You get the physicals. So you have two opportunities oh, to get physicals. Um, yeah. So you got closing yeah. too, man. You you doing it all. Two, two companies. I have two companies I'm in um, business with, or which is MasterMusaRoyalty.com, which is my high-end casual hip-hop swagged out fly stuff, and then you know I got OG Fashion, which is like a, a, a throwback company. I'm, I'm uh, OG Fashion is like a throwback. I partnered up with them. It's like a, a throwback where uh, it's like. 80s phrases, 80s, 90s hip hop phrases, and it's like city, city gear. Like you know, we got the, you know, we got every city, we got the city by city gear coming out. You know, rep your, it's called rep your city stuff, and then you know we got a lot of old school like plans, like dope man t-shirts, gangster rap um, t-shirts, um, um, just stuff like that. You know, so you'll be able to get the album on both. You'll be able to get the album on both of those sites. Um, for those who are enthused, like, you know, because a lot of people hit me up about the physicals. But um, I Am is out right now, um, and you can stream that on all the platforms, Spotify, Tidal, iTunes, you know, everything. So, yeah. And the video's out now, too, right. so definitely represent that, man. But the album comes out on October 31st, and, um, you know, we're doing our thing, man. And, you know, um, Men, Men Cocaine, the single will be out um, um we did a single called uh, uh, Funkum, which is the second single on the album, which will be out, you know, probably in like a week from, from now, you know. Um, and that's a lead-off single from the album. The Resurrect- Above the Law- it's called Above the Law Presents, The Resurrection of Gangster Rap, Code 187, Introduces Master Musa. So, and it's, and it's locked. It's, hot. it's like, you hear I Am, you know, I Am was to just show you, you know, he taught me one thing. He said, man, look, Make your first album, make a state. I mean, make your first single, make a statement of what your album's gonna be. It's gonna be a whole lot of heavy boom and clap, and we're just talking a whole bunch of gangster shit. That's what the whole album is. You know what I mean? So uh, that, that was my premise, and that's how I wanted it to be. And I hope everybody enjoyed, brother. Oh, they will. They will for sure. Uh, last year, the homie Sergio, uh, you know, put out Disciples of E. That was a dope, oh, yeah. dope yeah, compilation. Yeah. Man. yeah. Um, yeah, we shoot. Me and Serge are gonna shoot something on that too. So y'all look out for that too. We're gonna shoot shoot a video from that album. Yeah, yeah. What for? For, yeah, for the ruthless way? Yeah, for the yeah, exactly. We're gonna shoot something for the ruthless way. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's that's hard. Yeah, easy. Yeah. We've definitely been proud of that, man. Uh, shout <laughs> out to Sergio. <laughs> yeah, yeah, shout out to Sergio. Uh, he really helped keep ruthless man. going. Over the years, yeah. you know, there, there was a, the label didn't have a website, and, and all you had was easycpt.com, and he was keeping yeah. us in the loop of what everybody was doing. So, yeah, you know, the sad thing him. about that is is is, is um, what people don't realize that you know how, how influential Easy was in everything, man. You know, what I mean, I think yeah. I don't think he gets enough credit. His happy birthday to him, you know. Um, you know, because uh, people don't say it, I don't say it on the air. You know, happy birthday to Easy. You know what I mean? Easy was a major, rest in peace, brother, was a major influence on me as a human being, you know, me and my whole career, you know, and everything. So, so for me, so for me, I don't, I don't never put no cheat on Easy E's life and his legacy, man. You know what I mean? I give him all his flowers. You know what I mean? Forever, man, because that's important to me, man, you know. And I was so glad to partner up with Serge on a bunch of things and help him out with ruthless propaganda, you know what I mean, on whatever you want to do, because he seemed to be the only one that actually was really genuine about it. He he didn't have a he didn't have a stake in, in nothing that easy did. He was just a fan that really believed in what we all did collectively, you know? So yeah. That was incredible. And this was before people even thought about doing like a straight out of Compton uh, movie or any of that. He, he was passionate about 
do and definitely pick up his documentary on Easy too. You know that's incredible. You know. Yeah. So, um, yeah. Yeah, man. Shout out to yeah. shout out to Serge, man. Serge is Serge is incredible, man, and he really believed in what we all done collectively for Ruthless and what Easy E done, you know, for the culture, man. You know. Oh yeah, yeah. Because like I said, you know, um, for a minute there, uh, that that was all the info you really had. You know, um, right. and uh, he was keeping it going, I think, as far back as, like, 2005, if I'm not mistaken. So, so for it to be such a profound, like, you know, movement in, 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 in hip-hop, it's kind of yeah. funny how it, it it's not, the legacy is not really protected. You know, I mean, it's kind of, like, all over the place. But, you know, the, the, that's one of the, you know, the, the, to, to lead into – what me and you're talking about with the resurrection of gangster rap, that's another reason why I've done that as well. Is because when you look at when you look at what the premise of gangster rap should be, the cornerstone becomes Easy E, you know. And without that being in the fold anymore, no one really cares. So for me, I wanted to basically give everybody that persona, you know, like what Easy E, you know, would 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 dig while he was here if he was here, you know what I mean? So for me, gangster rap is a brand, you know, like everyone else sells they brands, they weirdo shit, homie. And that's them. I don't have a problem. If you're a weirdo, be a weirdo, but I'm, I'm a gangster, homie. My, my brand is gangster shit, you know, in the music industry, you know, yeah, I'm a father. I'm a, you know, I have children. I have, I have three grandkids. You know what I mean? I, I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm that solid. I'm that, I'm that, you know, I, I, I made my bones in life, you know, but yeah. I do the way I do it is from the gangster perspective, you know, the truth in the matter of what's going on in the world. So I, that was me actually paying homage to a person like the Easy E when I'm saying the resurrection of gangster rap. Yeah, that's uh, and and that's dope, man. I can't wait to check it out. Ten straight dope uh, gangster tracks. Um, speaking of gangster shit, uh, I was interviewing the homie Drugsy of the Poison Clan, and um, okay. Yeah. You know, they came out same year as you, 1990, uh, to yep. Real Life Mothers. Uh, mm-hmm. He was at the New Music Seminar. He said that he told oh, me he was standing wow. right in front of Ouch. you. He said he, he was standing right in front of you. You didn't see him. I got a 30-second mm. clip. Do you care if I play it for you? It's hilarious. Go ahead. All right, here's Drugsy of the Poison Clan. There, I was in the lobby. I saw Ice T there. He was taking off his rings, flying down the elevator. I saw above the law. Above the law is the ball headed dude, short stocky from uh, ah, fuck, from yeah, Cole 187. Him, he was was a short stocky dude, right? So he walking around the whole mezzanine floor in in a Mario Marquise with a bat straight up and. He, I'm right in front of his face. He's not even looking at me. He's scanning the whole area, like, looking for somebody. I'm like. <laughs> uh, I, I don't know. What, after that, he goes on to say uh, he remembers, he recalls Ice-T jumping down the escalator. And he's like, uh, I was going to yeah, go down. Yeah, because Ice-T actually jumped in and broke it up. Like, he was breaking shit up. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, I see. I see. That's our partner. That's our OG. I see. Was breaking shit up. <laughs> yeah, because earlier, because so earlier we was that. looking for them. You know, like earlier, people don't know that story. It's earlier we were looking for them. Uh huh. You know, earlier we was looking for them. You know, like it was. You know, we was we was going because we had been going back and forth all day, the whole little thing. So, you know, but yeah, that's crazy. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Where did the time go, brother? Hey, where did the time go, man? (laughs) Yeah, that was, what, 30 years ago, right? Oh, my God, yes, definitely 30 years, 31. That was nice. Yeah, but he was just tripping out because he's like, he was like this dude standing there with a bat just scanning, (laughs) just looking (laughs) around. You know, so he was on point. Easy, Easy had to been real happy to have somebody like you though watching his back at all times, you know? Right, exactly. Yeah. You know, you know the good thing that one thing I could say one thing I could say about Easy, when I was younger, Easy 
would always be like, man, you wildin', you wildin', you wildin'. And I would be like, but I think he saw me in him, you know. Yeah. Like I, I, you know, I, I, I mean, I just think he saw me. You know, I think he saw that. Oh, uh, this dude, he gonna, he gonna figure it out. You know what I mean? <laughs> you know, because I was kind of little. You know, I was kind of a lot of street and, and and a whole lot of you know attitude with you know, and, and I hadn't really figured out like this how the music industry work. I still was kind of functioning on a street level, being in the entertainment business. You know. And he was like, nah, you can't be doing that, homie. You can't be, you know. But the best thing I think that he liked about me is that I was loyal to what we was doing. You know what I mean? Like, we all collectively were doing that rule. Because I've always been loyal, homie. I'm just a loyal dude like that, man. You know what I mean? Like, I believed in what we were doing. I didn't have no problem with you believing. I just had a problem with how he, you know, what he had to say. You know, we was just talking about with some real shit. We were saying, well, look, you know, we came up this way. And you came up this way, but we're not that, so don't compare us to him. You know, he got mad at that. And he had some slick stuff to say. And me as a me as a person that's, you know, fresh off the streets, the way that a person fresh off the streets would take it and, and not realizing that, hey, I got a hit record. I, I My records are charting. You know, my video is popping. You know what I mean? I wasn't thinking like that, fam, you know? And easy had to, you know, easy, easy always had to had to roll me back a little bit, man. You know what I mean? Because you know, easy, he was a straight dude, straight street dude. So, you know, he understood it, but he was like, man, it ain't no place in this for that. You gonna have a short career, you know? Yeah, yeah. He was just uh, thirty years later looking out for you. <laughs> yeah. Thirty years later, I got one because I listened. I finally listened, brother. You know what I mean? I finally listened, bro. I, you know. I, you know, a man can a man can always say, you know, his mistakes. And you know, think about the new music seminar. What 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 people don't really realize is that people try to write in the tabloids that we was like had an issue with him leaving in WA and all. It's really because some personal stuff he said back about us in LA. You know that he really had no he really had no place to even be saying it. You know, not to not to the degree that he said it in. You know because how me and my crew came up. You know, so. So, um, but no, man, you know, I mean, it's it, it, it's been a journey, brother. It's, it's been a journey, and you know, I I like the way things have played out. I wish people like Eric was here now, you know, to actually yeah. be a vessel and be, you know, be a person that's gonna, you know, position other people. Because I think that what people be failing to realize about real people like him, what he believed in, and he believed in what was next, but he still believed in protect what's actually going on. He really believed in the artist, you know. Nowadays, I think people don't believe in the artists. You know, they believe in the concept and 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 uh, maybe the, the the what's trending. You know, that gives them their belief systems. You know, oh yeah, this is trending. Uh, this is this, and you know, that's what gives them that. And it, and it's ridiculous, bro. It's it just you know, I, I think that a person like Eazy-E would would have said, okay, Hutch, okay, Hutch, you want to do this and you want to do this, he would get behind it. You know, now everything the, the followings, it is and it added. You know. So you're 100% correct, uh, Hutch. Um, I got the homie Sin from France. I know he's got a couple questions for you, real quick. Okay, cool. Uh, Sin, Sin, you there, brother? Yes, yes, sir. Hi, hi Scott. Hi, legendary Conrad Seven. Um, hey, what's going on? Yeah, I'm fine. I'm fine. Can you tell us about the, the classic song? Uh, flow on uh, on the classic living mm-hmm. like Hustler's album and the, the classic sample. Of a love unlimited, Momino Mountain made the track so deep. Can you tell us about this one? Um, you know, flow on. Um, the the lyrics were written by um, Gomac and um, um, AKE. Um, but the um, the music is um, let me see, flow on is, is a Barry White. I mean, a Barry White produced track. Um, mm-hmm. um, from his girls group that he had and. You know, I think I think the thing that we wanted to do on Living Like Hustle's album, we wanted to have some really hard-nosed stuff, but then we wanted to have some super smooth Mac player type of stuff. So we always went for those kind of like when, when I was looping stuff, I always went for like, you know, two extremes. You know, I went for like the, you know, like when I did Murder Rap and Untouchables, the really hardcore like hard boom bap, and then I then I went to extreme where I went and when I did like Flow On and like Balling, you know. And Flo On was one of those, you know, Mac Daddy, player, smooth, 
you know, um, and, and, you know, above the law, we've always wanted to do some things that were very orchestrated musically and rap to them because at the time that we came out, it wasn't a lot of guys doing that. There was more boom in the bathroom, more breakbeat, hardcore rhymes, you know, and we kind of put the hardcore smoothness to it, you know, which gave, you know, uh, gangster rap another, you know, gave, gave it another little flair. Yeah. The G-Funk, man. The foundation of that. And that's the, and that's the you know, that's the embryo stages of a G-Funk. You know, that, that's kind of like the embryo stages of it, like the smooth, slow it down, you know what I mean, kind of feel. So, you know, which I, maybe I had been touching on it because I didn't really get into the more smooth or funkier stuff till a year later, you know, until um, I started um, start developing the sound on, on Black Mafia Life. But, yeah, Flow On was one of those records that we wanted to have just some player laid out because we didn't have – we only had two records that we had written. And Flow On is on our demo. So um, we only – you know, we only had two two songs that kind of like went – a whole nother direction on the Living Like Hustlers album. That was one of them. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Classic. Mm-hmm. Can I tell us also about the, the keyboards by uh, Andre L.A. Dre Bouton, who passed away a few years ago, yeah. and, uh, and the great um, bass by Mike Crazy Nick Sims for Living Like Hustlers album? Um, um, say it again, my bad. By L.A. Dre, you say? Yeah, L.A. Dre and uh and uh and Mike Nick Sims. Mike Sims. Uh, okay. Yeah. Well, you know, I mean, you know, the cool thing about it, Ruthless, what we always wanted to do is 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 we always wanted to put instrumentation over our stuff. You know, the great thing is we had people like L.A. Dre, rest in peace, Mike Sims, and we had Stand the Man. Stand the Man played on there too, um, as well. Um, um, the, the cool thing about those guys that, that, that those guys were really great musicians that really actually could give you exactly what you told them in the studio. They weren't guys that were so like, oh, I'm going to do it this way, I'm going to do it that way. They kind of gave you exactly what you wanted, you know, and that's how the magic, you know, that's how the magic came, you know. They use your vision. That's right, yeah. exactly. Yeah, I, you know, and you got to realize, you know, a lot, well, a lot of people got to realize that we're kids at the time, you know, making this music. You know, we're not really grown, you know, we're not grown people that have been in the industry. A lot of us may have been in the industry maybe a year or two or whatever, you know, um, definitely studied up, but, but not making records. Cause you know, it's kind of the embryo stages of hip hop in general, you know, like in itself, you know, and it, in the real essence of hip hop, it's the, you know, embryo stages of it. So as West Coast hip hop for real. So bringing those guys in to play on top of this stuff was like, they hadn't actually done that. So for them to be able to like get it as musicians and play on top of a lot of that stuff, it made it just way more organic, way more saucier, you know, um, and, and, it, and it made and it, it made us be a cut above, made Ruthless be a cut above a lot of labels at the time. Because at the time, everybody was just sampling. They weren't putting um, instruments on top of it. Yeah, yeah, right. Um, who ideas as a cover of uh, Uncle Sam's Curse were crazy cover? But say it again. Who uh, I know the idea uh, of the cover for Uncle yeah. Sam? Oh, the idea of it. Oh, the concept. Yeah. Well, you know, the concept, <laughs> yeah. the concept, of, the concept of Uncle Sam's Curse was okay. You know, originally, what people don't know about Uncle Sam's Curse, Uncle Sam's Curse album was actually going to be named the Ghetto, but us being clever like KMG recipes are like, well, you know, we kind of just don't want, we kind of just don't want an album that just we just going to blatantly call the Ghetto, right? So I said, okay. So we went home. 24 hours later, I said, you know, you know, we did some research. And we was like, okay, what's the ghetto? Okay, the ghetto is, you know, it's like a curse. You know, what's the government? Uncle Sam's. Okay, so we're the government's curse. That's what the ghetto is, and that's how we came with the concept of it. Now, the album cover came from, if you grow up in California, if you grew up in Southern California, this is the politics of it. You can be living in a ghetto and you can hop a wall, and then it's a mil- it's million dollar homes. So it's actually people who live super poor on one side, and you can drive down two streets, and then you're in a million dollar neighborhood. So that was our concept. Like, and we're only in this area. Like, for instance, if you say if you take like a, a place like a Compton, right? In Compton, it, or even where I'm from in Pomona, if you say okay, 
you could you could be living in this neighborhood and be piss poor, and then on the other side of the wall, it's a it's people living their best life, you know. So we took that concept and put it, you know, we created the cloud over, you know, um, the um, the the artist just sketched what we were talking about, and he came back with that, you know, and that was the cover. And then he made the then he the one came up with the watchtower. The ghetto was like a penitentiary and all of that stuff. And, and later, yeah. yes, uh, ghetto boys had the same idea with uh, the good and bad and the ugly with Uncle Sam on the cover with a white there house. You go. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. yeah, yeah, and you yeah. see, and, um, you see oh, yeah. and, and you see a lot of people. You know, we put our Uncle Sam's curse. We were one of the, we were the first group that ever did a gangster. I think we might be the only group that ever have ever did a gangster political record, because Uncle Sam's Curse is a gangster political record. It, it mixes yes, politics and gangster shit. No one has ever done that. You know, it's like <laughs> if PE and NWA did a record together, you would get above the laws, Uncle Sam's Curse. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, that's true. Tell us about the. Yeah, tell us about the impact as you are the new view of uh, Willie Hutch. Of his music on your life and uh, and your processing of production, maybe it's an influence on you. Well, it yeah, really I mean, that's one of my biggest. That's one of my biggest influences musically. I mean, you know, I don't do music without you know my father or my uncle, my uncle Willie Hutch. You know, I mean, you know, my pops was a writer and composer at Motown, and my uncle was a writer and composer and an artist at Motown. Um, yeah, they're my biggest influence. To be honest with you, brother, I mean, they're 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 the reason why I do music. One. To the level that I do music at because they put me, you know, I learned how to play piano at my grandmother's house. You know, I'm self-taught, you know. Uh, the first thing when you walk in my grandmother's house is a piano in, in, in Carrollton, Texas. You know, I don't know any, I didn't know anything else before I could see the piano keys. You know what I mean? <laughs> I wrote my first song when I was six years old and I was highly influenced with my dad and with Willie Hutch. You know what I mean? And it's probably my only inspiration you know, when it comes to me actually being a musician, a writer, and a composer, because that's what I am first. I just happened to gravitate to hip-hop and became a rapper because I wanted to be the artist like Willie Hutch, but I wanted to be the writer and composer like my dad, you know. So it's all that all roped into one thing, you know. <laughs> so, that's you know, the and, um, and there you go. You know, and, and, and um, I, anytime I'm making records, you know, I speak out to the universe you know, to do it the way they would be proud of me doing it, brother. So, yes, they're my biggest influence. You know, there is no other influence in my life that because what I learned about people that are role models and influences, and I learned this from mentoring people and kids and stuff, people that you know are your biggest influences, not people who you don't know. You just don't realize it until you actually start doing what you're doing and you start, all those things start coming in, in fruition, you know what I mean? So, yeah, I'm fortunate to be able to be taught by some brilliant by by brilliant people like a Willie Hutch, you know. Oh, oh, it definitely comes out in your guys' music. Same with cocaine. I mean, uh, guys, definitely, uh, you can tell it's in the DNA. And then, of course, right. these kids are, are are doing it now too. So Absolutely. it's continuing. You know. Mm-hmm. Um, one more thing I got uh, before we go. I'm, I'm going to give you the floor, but before we do, um, I saw you in uh, Evie's uh, docu series. I had a couple of questions oh, yeah. there myself. Um, okay, cool. Yeah. What, what was that like for you, and uh, did you see it? I didn't see it. I don't, you know, me, I, I'm going to be honest with you, brother. I don't relive that stuff like that. You know what I mean? I don't, yeah. you know, all the clips and all the, I don't, I don't do that. You know, I, 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 I like to remember my friends and my people like I remember them. I don't like when people, you know, um, I don't have a problem with it. I just don't, I don't watch it. You know, I don't relive my life yeah. you know, over and over. I don't, I don't relive my life. Some people, I guess they feel like, Hey, you know, I know it's necessary. I know it's necessary to be told. So I put my, you know, I, I put my little two cents in or three cents in and, you know, um, and, and kept it grooving, man. But yeah, I, I think it was necessary. I didn't see it. Heard it turned out great though. Yeah. 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 Very well uh, put together. In, uh, uh, yeah. You know, E.B. Uh, did her thing. You know, I always liked seeing his yeah, kids. Yeah, he was great. Um, I mean, it was great. She was able to do that too. It was great. It was awesome. I was, I was, I was honored to be a part of it. You know, first of all, anything that's 
going to settle the score for Eric. I'm always with, you know. Um, I just don't – I don't look at it because it's very hard for me. Like, I – it's like, for instance, I went to the premiere straight out of Compton, but I've never seen it again. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but I, I went to um, All Eyes on – I went to Pac's premiere, but I've never seen it again. So, you know what I mean? So – Yes, uh, man. Rest in peace to Pac. You know, um, yeah, another uh, yeah. thing coming up. You know, here in a couple of days. Um, he uh, yeah. um, was on uh, uh, "Call It What You Want," which is that was one of the yeah. first times uh, G Funk was even referenced on a record, was it not? That's right. Absolutely. It is the it is the first time. It's the first time. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's he a, he he. That was his way of paying homage to you guys, huh? That's right. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. And, and, you know, cause Pac, you know, Pac was, you know, one thing Pac was, Pac, one was our friend, you know, Pac was our friend on one, one note. On another note, Pac really was a, like a dude with like the culture, you know what I mean? Like he, he, he gravitated to that. So he wanted to know every aspect of, oh, what y'all call y'all sound? Uh, uh, how y'all move around and how y'all, you know what I mean? Yeah, I want to let him know, you know, <laughs> he's very documented music. You know what I mean? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? He wanted to know, like, yeah. what you call yourself? I'm, I want to I wanna document it. I want to, you know, he's like that kind of a cat, you know. So really engulfed, you know. I miss Tupac. Man. That way, yeah. 30 years later, you can go back and hear it and be like, yeah, man, he documented this for us. Yeah, you know? man. Um, and that's how he was. I'm like, why do you want to know that? Like, <laughs> Why want to know that? We just called it G Funk. I mean, because at the time, you know, that was just a phrase around us too. Y'all, man, we doing we on this G Funk shit, man. Like, you know what I mean? We really wasn't like tripping. Like now, okay, many many years later, people saying, "Oh, G Funk, this and that," because you know what, what the Chronic did and what Warren's record did, and you know Snoop's career and all these different people, you know, who kind of like were influenced by us doing G Funk. You know, after the fact, and you know, it turned into a genre. You know. Uh, me as a producer, man, you know, I just wanted to do something different. I didn't really, you know, I, I wasn't really, you know, I just, sonically, I just wanted to do something different. You know, that's all. You know, trying to be a cut yeah. above a lot of stuff, you know, so. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you mentioned Warren G. Uh, he was staying with you guys for a while, wasn't he? Yeah, Warren G comes up out of our camp. I mean, we were the first to actually um, start having, you know, an interest in 213, you know, when Snoop came home and, and um, Nate Dogg, rest in peace, my man Nate Dogg, you know, um, we were the first ones that had an interest in, in working with them, you know. Um, we actually put them into play, you know. Um, Snoop, you know, um, Dr. Dre came to me and asked me, you know, he wanted to work with this kid, Snoop, and he said, what, 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 what did I think? And I was like, I think the kid's incredible, you know what I mean? I was like, I think he's incredible, man. I think you could work with him. He's like, okay, say less. And um, that Burp or Snoop Dogg came, you know, but he came through above the lost camp, you know. And when they broke camp, he, you know, Dre came and asked me, he was like, man, you know, I want to work with him. You know what I mean? Is that cool? You know, do you, th- you think he can go? I'm like, yeah. And there you have it. So, you know, incredible journey. Well, I mean, those cool. guys, Dre had to call you about it, you know. Well, yeah, no, he actually came and met with me. I mean, because me and Dre are still oh. tracked to this day, you know. Um, came and sat with me. He was like, yeah, man, you know, you know, and this, this, that, and the third. And, you know, because what people don't realize about the era that we came from, you didn't have all this, like, um, technology where, it's, you know, people came to you and said, hey, man, what do you think? And I could give him a bad review or a good review. And guess what? He would have took my word as law. You know what I mean? Because we yeah. we we believed in what people said about other people, you know. You had to be valid amongst those. You had to be valid amongst those circles, basically. You know, you couldn't. You couldn't just be like, "Oh yeah, I heard about him." You you had to actually someone with like a real back, you know, real backbone had to come and be like, "Okay, yeah, that kid can go. I will fuck with that." You know what I mean? So your word was your bond. Yeah. Exactly. It's kind of, the word was your bond. It's kind of like, like, you know, a credit report, basically. You know what I mean? Yeah. You know, if, if, your, if, if your FICA score wasn't popping, you weren't going to get the loan, homie. You know what I'm saying? And, and you know, so, so, so yeah. And, and we respect each other for that, man. You know what I mean? Like, like, 
I, I know you know I know a lot of people now can be like, oh yeah, this was this, that was this, this was this, this was that, you know. But real, 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 like we really believed in what each other thought about shit, you know. Yeah. It's and not what, like what now. What were you gonna do with Snoop? Not to cut you off, huh? but were you guys gonna sign him? Yourself? Yeah, we actually was developing him. We actually was actually developing some stuff on him. Yeah, we we wow. had him. You know, we had him. We was lacing him up. You know. Did you record? Yeah, Warren had raved about him so much that when Snoop came around, shit, Snoop was already in there. He had ran in, ran, yeah. he had ran in and raved about him so much. He, he you know, <laughs> he was already locked in. So. Uh, did you get to record with those guys? Say, say it again. Did you uh, get, did you guys record anything? Well, we just we just hung out for we just hung out for a spell. Like we were working on for the funk of it when they came around, and when we wrapped up doing the EP, we was gonna start with Snoop. But we already had him locked in, negotiated, did some stuff. We hadn't recorded. We was book. We was set to book studio and all of that stuff. You know. Wow. Yeah. That could have been a whole different outcome right there. I hadn't, I hadn't had him in yet because. We hadn't got past that preliminary stage, but we was already developing like music and stuff for him. That's amazing, man. Yeah, it's a, amazing. it's a it's a funny you know it's a funny set of circumstances that when Snoop came around, that's when everybody fell apart. That's when NWA broke up. That's when you know all the the whole thing happened kind of like simultaneously. It's like kind of crazy that like it all happened in that in that zone. It all happened in that like it happened all at that same time. Man, and you you, you yeah, had no idea though that the you had no idea that the protege you were working with was about to be um, on a disc record against your mentor a few months later. You know, um, no, because it wasn't. The thing about that is that hadn't even came to fruition yet. That, you got to realize when yeah. Snoop came around, Snoop was around when NWA was together, and we all were collectively together. When it all fell apart, that's when the clicks separated. So when the clicks separated, then, it, you know, people picking two sides. You know how it go, you know. So, and, and that, that that's just where the chips lay, you know. Because at the time, you have to realize it was cool because um, Dre, me and Dre still was one-to-one talking. Me and he, it, didn't, it didn't get where it was totally separate until, like, after – the whole little breakup came where, where Dre ended up leaving and they started their pro and then they developed their pro. That's when that kind of came all to light. Well, that's amazing, Which is man. You've you had an amazing later, you know? career, Hutch, over the well, years. Well, thank that's you, man. I, I, saying, I mean, you've done a lot. You've, you've been involved in, in the early stages of, of setting up a, a whole genre because G-Funk, you got to look at all the people that um, have came after you over the years. You know, uh, you guys are the originators of that. So not very right. many people could say they're the originators. Gangster Nip down in Texas, he could say he originated horrorcore. You know, um, right. Ice T right. could say they originated gangster rap. You know, yes, you he. you get you're the G funk man. So shout out to you, That's brother. Right. Um, yeah, you know when you create here, they say, when you can create a subgenre of music. Look at what you do. You you can create a subgenre in your own music. Look, you've done something. <laughs> but yeah, man, I appreciate y'all for having me on. You know. Oh and, man, uh, it's an honor, man. Because uh, you know, every time we have you on, it's always a, a good time. And you know, um, take care of yourself. Continue to be safe. And before we get out of here, though, man, give everybody the websites again and, and let them know where they can go get everything, brother. Okay, well, you can go get all the music. You know, um, if you want the physicals. You can order them from two sites. They'll be on two sites. They'll be on uh, ogfashion.com. They'll be on com. And, um, you know, it's on all the streaming networks. Um, you want to follow me on my platform, you can follow me on IG, Mansamusa Royal. You also can follow my you know, my magazine, which is 187 Rockboy Honeys World. Um, that's on IG as well, and uh, rockboyhoney.com. Um, you can follow all, you know, you can follow me there and, and you know, you want the dope gear, you want all that you, you, and the music, you got it. That's it, man. And, you know, my love, man, you know what I'm saying? Y'all be, you be safe out there yourself and God bless you, man, for having me on, brother. 
Oh, man, anytime, anytime. Let's definitely do it again real soon. And uh, we're going to get out of here with the uh, the Ruthless Way, man. This is your song dedicated to Easy oh, that's on uh, Sergio's Disciples of E Project. So make sure to go get that Easy E uh, patient right here. We're out of here. Yeah. Oh. This is propaganda. Three Fingers Productions. Rest in peace, Easy e KMG. We Ruthless. See, I was caught up on that gangster shit. Hit you hard like sweat on a Compton Alpine with the whoop of carpet. Listen to the homie Easy. Selling the bunch of dope and trying to dodge a bunch of felonies. Lord Rick Chronic, watch your time go by. Looking po-po, hoping I don't die. Yeah, that's why I still say fuck em. Cause they got the target on my back and like the bitch I can't trust. Em. And like the homie Easy say, I can't love em. And like the homie KMG say, we above em. Let the Chevrolet drop, let the plenty in hops, and let them know I represent for promoting the watch. We stay ruthless for life, but we keep it gangster and never caught up in the hype. So believe what you want to believe. Here's a mouth full of nuts, you can swallow these. I'm just sitting here reminiscing about time, folks. Thinking how we used to roll and dip out and rock shows and get big dogs. I'm just